I'm gonna trade my earthly home for a better one, bright and fair. Christ left to prepare a mansion for his children in the air. I'll join him in that land where tears, no sorrow can be found. And I'll receive my mansion, mansion, robe and crown. The weather there is always fair, there is sunshine day and night. No cold and no rain will fall there, for the sun shines ever bright. I'll need no heavy garments, I'll just wrap my robe around. When I receive my mansion, mansion, robe and crown. Good afternoon. It is Tuesday, March 13th, 2018, and today we are going to be starting our reading for the week uh, as we go through together in God's Word in 2018. We're reading through the entire New Testament, and uh, today we are going to be in Luke chapter 2. Um, I have some... Technical difficulties here, it looks like. All right, so Luke chapter 2. Again, we're going to be going through chapter 6 this week, uh, as we uh, as we have been. Uh, we're getting a later start this week as I was traveling yesterday, coming back home. Uh, we're back in the office today, back uh, from visiting with my family, being with my mother. as She was going through uh, her surgery last, last week. Again, thank you for those prayers. Um, uh, Got to get back into the swing of things. Um, so as with... Previous um, previous videos that we've put out there. If you have uh, any questions about the the study as we go through it, you can leave those in the comment section below, uh, or if you'd like to, you can send those privately either through Messenger here on Facebook or via email. Uh, you can email us at info at loveland church. And if you'd like, we would love it if you would share this video or at least react or engage with the video in some capacity, um, so that this video can be seen by some more people. Help us. Uh, kind of work through the algorithm a little bit um, and get this video uh, out to more people so that we can get God's Word out to more people, at least digitally, uh, today. So, let's get into Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar, Caesar Augustus that all the world uh, should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria, and all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths, and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. So, this first section here kind of paints the picture and paints the setting, gives us the reason why Joseph and Mary were in Bethlehem, um, why they left Nazareth to come down here, and that, of course, was because of the census that was being um, required of all citizens of, of, uh, of Rome, and Israel was part of that, because Rome had conquered the area, they were governing the area, and so they had to be registered. But they had to be registered in the hometown of their family. And so for Joseph and Mary, this was Bethlehem. This was quite a trek to come down from Nazareth, which is in the north of Israel, up near the Sea of Galilee, down to Bethlehem, which is about a little bit south of, of Jerusalem. Um, so they had, to, uh, they had to travel down there. 
Now, Luke's account here, again, Luke is very specific in the way that he keeps track of things. He does things in a very chronological order. Uh, and you'll notice that uh, Mary did not go into birth while they were, on, or go, uh, go into labor, rather, while they were on the way there or before they were coming into the city or before, really, uh, they found a room. Uh, in, instead, um, they were already in the city. It says, while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. Okay? And he was laid in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. So all of these people are coming to Bethlehem to register, to, to perform uh, their duty as part of the census. And so there's a lot of people here. The lineage of David is a big lineage. And so there's going to be a lot of people coming in here. Just think of it as a giant family reunion in the town of Bethlehem. Now, likely, uh, Mary and, and Joseph, because they are being uh, of the house of David, they would have likely gone to family there in Bethlehem, tried to stay with them. If that was unsuccessful, then the inn uh, in town would be the other option. Uh, and then, of course, none of those were the option, and so they were left to stay in uh, a, a stable of sorts. Now, one thing to keep in mind, too, about stables, and sometimes I think we think about the you know, we think about the um, the nativity scenes and everything. Um, this likely would have been the downstairs of a house because animals were often actually kept in the house, and so often in the lower level, um, and they would feed the animals things like chickens and uh, um, you know other other kind of animals that were used either for uh, resources uh, that they would use or ultimately to to kill and eat later, um, or as work animals, etc. Um, so a manger is a feeding trough. It is a, a trough that is filled up with feed that, uh, you know, hay or, or seed or, or whatever that the animals would then come and, and eat from. And so not having anything else, this is where Mary laid her child. You know, this is before the days of pack and plays and roll away cribs in the hotels. So they used what they could and that was a manger. So when you think about Jesus's birth, you have the Savior of the world, the Son of God, coming down from glory, taking on flesh, becoming man. Glorious, beautiful heaven, born in a stable, laid in a feeding trough to sleep. You want to talk about humility and the love of a father and the love of our Savior for us. That's a lot of love. So Luke 2, as the title of this uh post implies is filled with uh, obviously Jesus's birth and some of his younger years but we learn a lot about the importance of Jesus's birth and the significance of that birth and how it was seen uh, amongst others who were basically eyewitnesses to everything happening now Luke is recording these eyewitness testimonies um, from what a lot of scholars and as I read this is what I gather I don't consider myself a scholar by any stretch of the imagination but um, it seems to be coming from Mary's perspective. Um, Luke seems to be recording Mary's thoughts as she has told him, and we'll look at a reason why uh, that's believed here in a moment. Um, and so this is, this is considered eyewitness testimony to the birth of Christ. Obviously, Luke wasn't there, but Mary was there, um, and so that's why we consider this eyewitness testimony. All right, let's look at verse 8. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, 
For behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. Notice that they did this immediately. There was no pondering, you know, oh, let's plan our trip. We need to make sure we pack some sandwiches and make sure that somebody's taking care of the flock. They said, let's go. Let's get it done now. We need to go and find this thing that the Lord has made known to us. Verse 17, And when they saw it, when they saw the sign, when they saw the baby, they made known the saying that had been told to them concerning this child. What was that? Well, come back up here. Verse 11, For unto you is born this day uh, the city in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And right before it, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. And of course, they passed along the praise that was being sung by the multitudes of angels there. And all who heard wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, as it had been told to them. And at the end of eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. So verse 19 is what we gather as evidence that what, what, uh, what Luke is recording here is coming from Mary, her eyewitness testimony, because it says, Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. The only way that we can know that, obviously the Holy Spirit has inspired this, um, but outside of that, and of course the Holy Spirit inspired all of this to be written, it would seem that that statement would be something that Mary would share. And the reason why we have such detail into the, uh, the, the encounter with the shepherds is because Mary herself treasured them up in her heart, remembered them, and shared them later on in life. Verse 20 is interesting as well. I think all of this is interesting. I think all of this is interesting enough that we're going to be talking about this. This is our lesson this week. We're going to be looking at Luke 2, and we're going to be looking at the birth of Christ and the significance in the birth of Christ and the coming of the Savior. Of course, as we gear up and we we uh, ready for for the time of Easter and the resurrection, uh, you know, talking about Jesus' birth is also important. Uh, and so we'll be talking about that this Sunday, and we'll be looking deeper into this. But in verse 20... The shepherds returned back to where they were. They glorified and praised God because everything that they had heard, everything that they had seen with Jesus, was exactly as it had been told to them. An angel of the Lord came to them. The glory of the Lord shone around them. And what they had heard came true. What a wonderful blessing it must have been to be one of those shepherds. You see, the shepherds needed messengers from God to alert them about Jesus. 
They needed these messengers to tell them about the significance of Jesus coming down to earth. And you see the application that we have is that today people need messengers from God pointing them to Jesus. And that's us. That's his disciples. That's the job that we've been given in Matthew chapter 28. The Great Commission, go into all the world and share the gospel, share the good news. Point people to Jesus. Now, we're not pointing people to Jesus in the manger. And the story of Jesus and, the, and Jesus' birth is extremely significant, but we are pointing to Jesus as our Savior, as Lord. Because just as the, the, the shepherds were changed by what they saw and what they heard, lives today will be changed when we let them know the good news of great joy available for all people. What a blessing it is today to be a disciple of Christ, a sheep for our shepherd, Christ Jesus. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> Verse 22. And when the time came for purification, according to the law of Moses, they brought him, Jesus, up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who first opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. So the firstborn son um, uh, is what they're referring to. Verse 24. They also came to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle, do of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples a light for revelation to the Gentiles, and for glory to your people Israel. And Jesus' father and his mother, Joseph and Mary, marveled at what was said about him. Again, we have that marveling, a first-person aspect. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel, and for a sign that is opposed, and a sword will pierce through your own soul as well, so that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. And there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years, having lived with her husband seven years from when she was a virgin, and then as a widow until she was eighty-four. She did not depart from the temple, worshipping with fasting and prayer night and day. And coming up at that very hour, she began to give thanks to God and to speak of him to all who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. There you have the first evangelist, the first person going around telling everyone about this Savior who has come into the world. Anna, the prophetess. Verse 39, And when they had performed everything according to the law of the Lord, they returned into Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. And when the child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. So a little short snippet there, talking about Jesus growing up, becoming strong, filled with wisdom, and he grew in favor of God. And of course, growing uh, 
in becoming strong also aids in growing in favor with man as well. Verse 41. Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he was twelve years old, they went up according to custom. And when his feast was ended, as they were returning, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents did not know it. But supposing him to be in the group, they went a day's journey. But then they began to search for him among their relatives and acquaintances. And when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem searching for him. Put yourself in Mary and Joseph's shoes right now. You take... You take your kids somewhere, take them to King's Island, and uh, you come home, and there's no kid with you. That's not a fun, fun uh, thought, right? That's not something that anybody wants to find themselves in. And so they now have to go back to Jerusalem that was full of people, because the feast of the Passover was coming, and as, as Mary and Joseph and their family did, many people came. And so now they have to go back to Jerusalem and find Jesus. So you go to King's Island, you accidentally leave one of your kids there, you go home, oh no, i got to go back and get them. Imagine if that kid is the Son of God. Things are going to get a little bit more tense for you. We just lost the Son of God, we left him in Jerusalem. All right, so they go back to Jerusalem, verse 46. After three days, they found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. And when his parents saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us so? Behold, your father and I have been searching for you in great distress. And he said to them, Why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? And they did not understand the saying that he spoke to them. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was submissive to them. And his mother treasured up all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. There we see again that, that growing in favor with God and man. Very similar to what we saw previously to this trip to, uh, up to Jerusalem. Now we say up and the Bible says up to Jerusalem even though they were in Nazareth which is north of Jerusalem. Why does the Bible say up? That doesn't make any sense. That contradicts natural directions. Wrong. Jerusalem is on the top of a hill. And so they go up to Jerusalem. Physically, they go up to Jerusalem, even though they're going south. And when they leave Jerusalem, you notice that verse 51, he went down with them and came to Nazareth. So they went down the hill and back to, back to Nazareth. Verse 51 is interesting uh, because... Uh, it says that Jesus was submissive to them. You know, people look at some this section here about Jesus in the temple and being missing from his parents, and they, they think, oh, Jesus was was uh, disobedient to his parents. Well, that's I don't think that's the case at all. I don't think there's any indication here in Scripture that his parents told him specifically, do not go to the temple, do not learn from the teachers, and do not learn from the religious leaders. Don't go there. Stay with us every second of every day. In fact, we see that the parents initially, Mary and Joseph, were not really that worried when they couldn't find Jesus when they were leaving because they just thought, oh, he was with, he's with everybody else. He's a social person, and so he's probably playing with his friends, playing with his cousins, and so we're not going to worry about it. Well, then a day goes by, they haven't seen him, and now they get worried, all right? So there was some freedom that existed there with Jesus. Uh, and so, you know, when they see him, 
uh, Mary's statement to him, why have you treated us so? Behold, your father and I have been searching for you in great distress. That is a, a very motherly response. Um, my response would be, where have you been? I've been worried sick. But Mary, on the other hand, very calm and collected, but still, we have been greatly distressed by you being missing. And of course, Jesus' response doesn't register. It doesn't click with Mary and Joseph about what Jesus is saying. Um, but he was not rude. He wasn't disrespectful in his response. He was still honoring his father and mother as the law states. Jesus was without sin. And so leaving there, it says he was submissive to them. And I think that's added in there to indicate to us and let us know that Jesus was not disobedient to his parents. He was submissive to them. And he listened to them and obeyed them as a child should, as, as the law states. And Jesus increases in wisdom and in stature, both with God and man. As I mentioned before, we'll look at this a little bit more uh, in our lesson as we get to it uh, this coming Sunday uh, on the, oh, what is that, the 18th? Something like that. I don't know. My dates and my times are all messed up. Silly daylight savings time. Um, so, as I mentioned before, if you have any questions, please leave those in the comments section down below, or you can message us privately here on Facebook or email us at info dot loveland or info at loveland dot church and if you go to that info or at, i'm sorry if you go to loveland dot church that's our website uh, you can find out all the information you'd like about the church that meets here in loveland you can also catch up on previous daily bible study videos just like this one as we've gone through the book of matthew and the book of mark you can find those on our website as well as previous lessons uh, on there as well. And if you are a tech-minded person and you like to get these things delivered to your mobile device, you can subscribe to the podcast versions as well. I hope you have a great rest of your day. God bless and hope to see you tomorrow as we look at Luke chapter 3. Take care. I'm gonna trade my earthly home for a better one, bright and fair. Christ left to prepare a mansion for his children in the air. I'll join him in that land where tears no sorrow can be found. And I'll receive my mansion, mansion, road and crown.